the first belief I have, and I want everybody to really, really foster it within themselves, is that everybody deserves to be in the loving relationship that they desire. If anybody tells you otherwise, please don't listen to them. Because that's just, you know, that's not true. I can tell you, this is possible. But also you need to know what is it that you desire? What is it that you want in your life? What is the relationship you're chasing? Are you chasing far away from the default that you grew up in? Or some idealistic image that you're chasing? Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Do you ask yourself questions like, who am I? What is my purpose? Why am I living a life I don't love? Answers to these questions and more are revealed in the new Freedom at Midlife group coaching program, where I offer you a guaranteed roadmap to your own midlife makeover. In this powerful seven-week program, you will learn the seven steps to freedom method to help you discover who you want to become, what life you want to live, and most importantly, how to get there. Instead of being lost in life, miserable in menopause, or struggling to juggle it all, you could reignite your love life, retire that dreadful job, and reinvent yourself. So if you're ready to begin your midlife journey of transformation filled with accountability, guidance, and support, then the time is now. Your midlife needs you to make a move. The Freedom at Midlife program is opening for enrollment soon with limited spots available. To be the first to know when we are open for enrollment, please join the waitlist now at freedomatmidlife.com and you will soon discover that next courageous step in creating your epic second half of life. Welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show. I'm Wendy Valentine, and today's topic of conversation is love, L-O-V-E, that little four-letter word that makes such a big impact in our lives. It seems that love has been a common topic on the podcast lately, especially since Valentine's Day was last week, and we had episodes about raising our emotional energy, conquering self-sabotage, oh yes, and loving our beautiful bodies just the way they are. Love is definitely in the air. And if you think about it, love is always in the air. It's just a matter of what you will do with the love swirling within you, around you, and in your relationships. It's a matter of designing and building a lifetime of love. We have the perfect guest to help you do 
just that. And hopefully I can say her name right. <laughs> I've been practicing all morning while I was drying my hair. Our guest is Dr. Sara Nasrzada. Did I say Perfect. it? <laughs> and her mission is to build world peace, one relationship at a time. I love it. Dr. Sara is a glo globally renowned author, speaker, and thinking partner. With a PhD in social psychology and specialization in the fields of human sexuality and relationships, Dr. Nasrzada has worked with thousands of individuals, couples, and organizational clients to enhance relational health and sense of thriving at micro and macro levels. Her third book, which we will talk about on the show today, is Love by Design, Six Ingredients to Build a Lifetime of Love is the result of her two-decade-long research wow on the status of thriving relationships and its key ingredients, namely attraction, respect, trust, shared vision, compassion, and loving behaviors. Dr. Nasrzada, whose work has been featured on NPR, the BBC, ABC, CNN, USA Today, and now here on the Midlife Maker Show, is based in Los Angeles, California, next to me in Malibu. Dr. Sara, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here, Wendy. <laughs> and I'm actually pretty impressed by how you pronounced all of those consonants in my last name. <laughs> I haven't even had a second cup of coffee yet. I was like, oh, let's see if I can do this. I literally, I was practicing your name while I was drying my hair. I was like, Dr. Sara, Dr. Sara, Dr. Sara, well, That's yeah, very awesome. Thank you so much. Thank and you. And we had such a great conversation before we even hit record. And this is so needed in the world. Mm -hmm. It really is. I mean, I think about for myself, I've learned more about myself through relationships than anything. I think I think that's how we all do it. Because mm -hmm. if you didn't have, if you were to sit in a cave all day <laughs> by yourself, I mean, you wouldn't really learn about yourself. In a lot of ways, because it's in the relationships that I feel like it's the the love and the the struggle and all of those things combine the dichotomy of life. That's how you really learn about love. You learn about yourself and you learn about life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it's really interesting because we are social beings, right? We are defined yeah. and redefined yeah. and evolved in comparison to whoever that is around us. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. There was something I saw on one of your YouTube videos about um, submer. What, what did you call it? Emergent, emergent love yes. versus submer submergent. Yes, <laughs> I can't get that simple word out today. <laughs> but about um, instead of one plus one equals two, it's one plus one equals three. And I've always thought that too in relationship. Well, no, that's not true. I haven't always thought that. Maybe in the last eight years, I have realized it's. It's me, my partner, and then there's the relationship. It's like a separate entity, but it's all holistic and it's together. So yeah. tell everyone a little bit more about that, about that wonderful formula of one plus one equals three. Sure. So one plus one equals one is the model that majority of us were raised on. Two people meet, come together, spend all of their resources of time, energy, money, and attention and everything together. And then they become one. When they become one, then you're in love, then the rest will follow or you live happily ever after. So one plus one equals one was the model that many of my clients and myself included 
followed and lived by and um, was inspired by growing up, really. But sitting with couples day in, day out for the past 20 decades around the world, by now I've been in 41 countries, you know, working with different couples and different institutions. So one thing that I learned was we're asking the wrong questions. So we are looking into why coupledoms survive, why they maintain, why not asking how do they thrive? And then when I flipped the question, my researcher hat on, then this whole thing emerged, like literally emerged, like a one plus one equals three. One plus one equals three is a little bit different than uh, previous models who talked about um, two people come together and relationship is the third entity. Yeah. Um, this model, the emergent love model that I'm hoping people subscribe to as opposed to the one that we grew up with, that was the submergent love, that literally yeah. some people come and say, oh, I can't breathe, right? Yeah. So um, for that one, is if you really imagine this spark and a log coming together in a conducive context, making hot, warm, cozy fire, mm. right? So if any of those ingredients are not there, the fire cannot even exist. Yes. So that is the whole idea behind this. And I want people to take a deep breath and take it in because I know that I'm challenging whatever that we grew up with. But we can't solve the problem with the same mind that created it, as Einstein oh. said. I, that's one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> exactly. We have got to change the thinking behind this. I think of that old, we'll call it the old model. Um, it's the Tom Cruise model of you complete me. Right. <laughs> right is that true or what it's like I, I can remember watching that movie going you complete me I was like is that what it's supposed to be am I supposed to find a guy to complete me which means that I'm incomplete and I I'll, I never could quite grasp I'm like, and I love Tom Cruise but I was like no that cannot be true I'm like I should be windy on her own my partner should be whoever they are on their own and then we have this other like I kind of think of it like it, as if it was a baby right and you have to feed that baby in order for it to to live and to flourish and if you don't feed that separate entity then there's just the two of you kind of going individually through life instead of collectively exactly yeah. exactly and do you know where that comes from actually you complete me my other half you know all of that from the ancient Greek that ah. there there was this mythology that talked about Zeus, the, you know, yeah. one of the gods, um, split humans into half. That back then they had two heads, two basically, oh. basically two sets of everything. So they were too strong for the gods. And um, they split them in half. So for the rest of their lives, humans um, bound to go and find the other half. Mm. So that is one piece of it. Another part that we have based on this uh, whole misbelief around love comes from uh, religious scripts that they talk about this person was made of the other person. Mm -hmm. So this person. So it's really good when we are talking about divine, when we are talking about religious scripts. But when we are dealing with everyday life, raising children, right. chauffeuring them to classes, you know, whatever, it's not going to work. Yes. And if you really think about it, in our grandmother's time, the way that they had the meal prep, the way that they had their fitness prep, you know, whatever prep was very different back then than now. 
But if you look at love, it's still the same. The same thing yeah. that we're following. And we just, our hearts are being broken without paying too much attention. Why? Why do I need to settle for this? There's a better yeah. way. Yeah. And you know what I want to say too? I love, I love the title of your book because it it's three words, love by design. But if you, we've never, we're taught that, that we're actually designing our love and our life that we, I, I mean, even for me, I kind of thought like, all right, you find someone and everything just goes the way it's supposed to go that I didn't, that there wasn't a proactive piece to it, that I was actually designing my love. And here I am two divorces later, you know, but I'm finally getting it that mm. I actually have a choice in how I design my love and my life. Absolutely. And also another thing that I want to tell people that is hopeful mm. is we have enough based on my research, our research, my colleagues' research. Uh, and we know a lot around uh, neurobiology now, relational science, around social construct. We are so advanced that we can really put everything together and offer people mm. also as how to do this design. So, for example, if you bring a stack of hay and put them on top of each other with a blow of a wind, it goes away. Mm. But if you really know what are those bricks that you can put together to design the foundation of that love, that spark and log situation, mm -hmm. right? So what is the situation of each of those? What context is more conducive? Hence the six ingredients that I'm introducing yeah. in the book, right? Yep. Then you know where to put your efforts, yeah. So you're not coming to me saying that I'm exhausted. I tried everything. And then I ask you a simple question. I realized that all of your efforts were wasted because yeah. you didn't put it where they mattered. Yep. And I'm sure too, for all of us, I mean, we were taught, right? How, however, our parents or the people around us, how they mm -hmm. love what their relationship is like. I know I did. And it's like, by the time I became an adult, I thought that's what a relationship was supposed to look like. And then you're like, no, that's maybe that worked for them, but that doesn't work for me. And, and, and you're having to kind of rewire, you're having to take away some limiting beliefs and replace them with good, good beliefs about love and about relationships and that relationships aren't bad. They are great and they can make you an even better person. I think. Absolutely. That's why yeah. I truly believe the first belief I have, and I want everybody to really, really foster it within themselves, <laughs> is that everybody deserves to be in the loving relationship that they desire. If anybody tells you otherwise, please don't listen to them. Yeah. Because that's just, you know, that's not true. Yeah. I can tell you, this is possible. But also you need to know what is it that you desire? What is it that you want in your life? What is the relationship you're chasing? Are you chasing far away from the default that you grew up in? Mm -hmm. Or some idealistic image that you're chasing? Um, and a lot of my clients actually get there, get that relationship. And then they're not happy because that's not actually what was fulfilling to them. They yeah. were just following the scripts yep. that they thought they would, right? And then the second thing that I would like to bring up here is really put your efforts where that matters. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah. that piece of it is very, very important. Yeah. I, I have found myself becoming more of like a, an energy snob, if you will. I'm very selective about where I place my energy and where the old Wendy might have 
you know, dove into like this, like if someone might say something to me that really strikes a chord and pisses me off or I'm like, uh, and then I'm like, do I really want to spend my energy on that? You know, like I really start to, you know, I pause and I think, where do I want to put my energy? Whether it's like within myself or in the relationship, all of that. So let's break down the, the six ingredients. I'm excited to learn that. With pleasure. Yeah. In no particular order, we will go with attraction. Okay. Trust. Attraction. Yeah. Respect. Shared vision. Acts of loving. So being loving and compassion. These are the ones that came out of the U.S. representative sample study that we did. Uh, well, basically what it means is that we had different races, different sexual and relational orientations, mm -hmm. different age groups, and the average of these couple of them were 10 years. And they self-identified as thriving. It's not just somebody that we paid to participate yeah. in this research or not really knowing what thriving relationship is. So we can really trust that they are talking about the fundamentals that make their relationship thrive and um, their individual um, self also thrive within that yeah. relationship as well. And that's why I say saving the world, bringing world peace, one relationship at a time. Because when you have that peace of heart and clarity of mind, you're going to act differently around many people around you from that cashier, yep. right? To yep. the person who is beeping at you in, in a mm -hmm. hurry. Mm -hmm. in a traffic light, uh, to your romantic partner, to your child, to your parents, sibling, you will be yeah. different. You will be transformed when you are really in that secure place with yourself. I, I feel like, I don't know, and just the traveling, um, you know, in the last couple of years and going to Portugal and Spain and France. And I think, I, I feel like there's, and, and and even just coming back to the LA area, nothing against LA. I love LA, but and then my son, you know, my son is thirty one years old, so he's in that whole single, like you know, like the dating scene. But I feel like it almost aggravates me. I feel like there's this loss of respect for relationships, and I feel like they've just kind of like, ah, eh, it's like not that big of a deal anymore. And I'm like, no, you guys, it is so valuable. Like it. Your relationship, it's not everything, but it's a lot. It makes such a huge impact in your life. And I just feel like we, and I'm, that's why I'm so excited about your book. Cause like, it's so needed, not just for people that are in midlife, but for our kids, for, you know, grandkids, everybody needs to learn this. Um, Obviously, I join you, yeah. but I want to say something for your sons. And wow, 31, congratulations, yeah. amazing. Um, so polls show, general polls show that people still are looking, majority of people are looking for that pair bonding, being uh, having their own person, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So that is the general statistics that we have. But the other thing is, for your son's generation and, you know, generation uh, like millennials and Gen Z. And now if you look at the Gen Alpha also as they are growing older, if you really observe them in their surroundings, their relationships are more forgiving. Mm. Their relationships are more fluid. Yes. So that's one of the reasons that they don't feel that immediate need maybe. And also their world is very, very distracting. Mm. So if you really look at their lives, they are overwhelmed by stress, high cortisol levels, more than even us. 
mm-hmm. right? So it's a very interesting life that mm-hmm. they're living. But on the other hand of it, they're more educated. Mm-hmm. They are, um, if you take the average of their generation, they're actually smarter mm-hmm. all around. Because maybe because uh, in our generation, we started ending up with people who were intellectually compatible with us. So we less married or less coupled or um, reproduced with people just for hot sex or, you know, whatnot, which has nothing wrong with it if that's people's choice. But uh, what I'm saying is that when two people with, you know, intellectual capacities come together, it's very likely for them to produce or reproduce, you know, um, higher intellect children. So um, that's that. And also they're exposed to a lot of brain development activities that we weren't necessarily. Mm -hmm. So we are going to see a lot of change in the world evolving in all fronts. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons that I think we cannot stand in the same place when when it comes to love. Yes, I know. I agree. Now, did you notice a difference in between cultures on how they view love and how they view relationships? Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Although I have to say globalization and uh, like, you know, streaming Mm -hmm. situations, uh, they made it possible for people to be influenced by other cultures to, uh, Mm -hmm. on a positive note, they, we all expand our horizons. So -hmm. let's say, for example, if I'm watching something, um, a movie, which I actually quoted in the book, I loved it, um, from Sweden. Um, For example, it was a ski movie and um, uh, force majeure. (laughs) So it was an interesting movie. Or for example, if I watch something from uh, that was produced in Lebanon, or uh, these are the movies that I kind of recently watched. And they're fresh on my mind. And they will produce a different perspective of human relationship for you. Um, not only in the couple, them in general. In general, you will see that what they count as acceptable, what not. What are the boundaries? Where's the red line for this couple? Ooh, I can never live mm-hmm. like that. Ooh, that resonates with me. Oh, that's what I want. That's what yeah. I absolutely cannot live without. So the norms and uh, the cultural structures in the scaffolds are being shaped uh, mm-hmm. in a global way. Having said that, the meaning and role of love is different across mm-hmm. cultures. Yeah. And the words that we use to describe what we are experiencing. Yeah. Are I I noticed a big difference just living in Portugal mm-hmm. of how they are with family, their, their partners, so different, very very intimate, very like more connected. I felt there. It, it's interesting to just kind of sit back and observe to see mm-hmm. how the different cultures and it's very, very interesting. And like you said before, Einstein's quote, like you can't solve a problem with the same level of thinking that created it. Right. So we do have to expand our minds. We do have to kind of step out and look at life differently and to see, because I mean, for me, that that really did shift my thinking and my life when I did that. Like, I don't have to stick with the same model of how I work and how I live and how I play. Like, what if I just stepped out of that and tried something different and see what I like and what I don't like? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I encourage everyone to do that because you never know what you're going to discover about yourself and about life and mm-hmm. love. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And going back to the cultures, so Portuguese culture is more of a high context culture mm-hmm. versus American culture, yeah. meaning that, and I would be so curious to know what were the observations that you made and you yeah. uh, made you feel like they're more connected yep. because in high context cultures, usually they also come with being collective, meaning that one for all, all for one. Mm. And the degree of it is different in different cultures, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, in Japan, you really don't try to stand out as much. You try to serve the community Mm. versus, um, let's say another high context um, uh, culture would be, you know, the difference actually between England and US even, you know, UK and US. Both of them seem to be in the Western world, so to speak. But England is more high context than the US. I mean, the UK in general. So when you talk about Portugal, I feel like maybe people are thinking that um, the relationships are um, hold higher stakes. Yes. Yes. They value relationship there. And it makes me think of um, like Dan Buettner's Blue Zones. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Did you did you watch that? That How to Live to 100? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So good. But, um, but one of the, one of the key ingredients there with living to a hundred is the sense of community is the connection. And I think more and more about that. Like, I, mean, I definitely want to live to, well, 111. That's what I'm going for, but lovely. But that is so important to have those relationships that you value that, that, feed you and that you feed them, right? I mean, it's all this, like it's, and, and not that you're dependent on it, right? Like it's not like the, the Tom Cruise model, but it's kind of like, I look at it like a cake. Like if you had a cake with icing, it's good on its own, but it's the sprinkles. Like you add the sprinkles. It's not like it, it just adds a little bit extra color to it. And that's kind of like how I think of like the um, adding to relationships or, or it adding to my life, like the extra colored sprinkles into my life. I have like interesting analogies, but. I like that. I like that. But you know, one of the things that you um, mentioned, first of all, today you're very much into Tom Cruise. I have to highlight that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but also, you know, when you were talking about the social capital, a lot of people who were featured in that documentary, if you really look at them, they haven't moved as much. We do. Yeah. You just mentioned the three countries that you've been in. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, and I move a lot too, you know, with my family, with my husband and um, child. So it's really interesting for us to also, again, moving forward yeah. with our thinking that what is the context of my life? Mm-hmm. What is informing this? What are the values? What are my essences? And also as I'm moving around, what is it that I'm keeping? What is it that I'm letting go of? So if you really would like that community that is truly meaningful to you, one way is to create it the way that you you never leave your village, Mm, right? That's why people are suffering now. And social media became the pseudo or the pseudo social um, capital as I call it right by the way people can go to the lovebydesignbook.com on the resources I have certain exercises that they can do one of them is social capital oh cultivate a meaningful social capital as individuals and couples oh I like that yeah sure Uh, and it's important to pay attention to transitions as well Mm-hmm. So as you are moving through life, how do you keep in touch with people? Make it more intentional. Again, the whole life is about 
my whole thing is be intentional. Don't find yourself in a situation that, oh, I let the thing go. Grab your Sharpie because it's time to set solid, permanent boundaries in your relationships and in your life. And why do you need boundaries? Boundaries tell the world where you draw the line, where you say yes, and where you say no. Studies have shown that people who have healthy boundaries have higher self-esteem, greater confidence, less burnout, a greater sense of identity, and less stress. Being clear with your boundaries means you are clear with who you are and how you live your life. To help you set clear boundaries, I created a free guidebook called the Boundary Boss Blueprint. Please go to wendyvalentine.com forward slash boundary to receive your free download so you too can be a boundary boss with less stress, higher self-esteem, and greater health and happiness. There was something, let me see if I, if I made a note of this. I think I did. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things I liked about, um, in the book, the six ingredients, there's a question with each one. So attraction, what do you like and value about each other? Mm-hmm. So now attraction, how much of that is physical chemistry? I mean, I, I think when I look back, at my younger days, um, to me, actually it was more about the chemistry. And then I veered off of it. And then I was bored in the mm-hmm. relationship. Cause I, then I just try to find someone that checked off all the boxes. I was like, well, maybe I did that wrong in the beginning because I, I went for chemistry and that didn't work out. So maybe like, I'll do the like, yep, good job, good career, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then that didn't work out. And so then I took a pause, sat back and I was like, okay, what's important to me? And chemistry, chemistry is important to me, but is that, is that important to everyone? That's a billion dollar question. So let's get to it. I just had a live actually to, uh, uh, I I just had a, a live with my colleague, Dr. Ian Kerner about it, because, um, first of all, it's very, as much as we want an equitable society, and I'm all for it, there are gender and sexes and relational and sexual orientation differences here. So that's yep. one. I want to put it out there, at least based yep. on the research we know. And there are certain groups that are left out of the research, like the trans group, for mm-hmm. example. We don't know much. So please excuse me, folks who are out there. And, you know, we are not quoting research for that. So that's one. Um, the second one is... as soon as you even hear, right, you said attraction, you went for the physical and you went for the sexual, right? So that's yeah. a part of the discourse. Yes. Mm. For the romantic partnership, as far as, you know, our research showed and also um, other colleagues worked mm. on it, physical attraction is a must. Mm. Mm. You cannot. This is one of the ingredients yep. that we found. And this is not like, and this is different, a little bit different from sexual chemistry. Okay. Yep. Um, so if we talk about attraction in general, attraction means why do I want to be around you? Mm. So that's that's the gist of it. Why do I want to be around you? Yeah. Again, am I running from something that I think didn't work for me? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make myself be attracted to that? Or no. um, I'm attracted to this because this is the default that I grew up with and I right. or or it's something that I think I should. 
Mm-hmm. So that's why um, I have a whole chapter, like chapter three, that I talk about what we bring to love. You need to know, as you just did it, based on trial and error, right? Yeah. yeah. That so I know that chemistry matters to me. Then it's a must for you to have yeah. it as an ingredient for yourself. Now, yeah. so we can go to so many different directions that you know I introduce um, in Love by Design, but just for uh, for our conversation today. Imagine that couples come together and then they say, I wanted to be around you for your sense of humor. Sense of humor represents intellect, represents a specific social location match. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't stop there. Go deeper. Or for example, when you say so, the sense of humor is one one thing, for example, right? The other one is I'm attracted to you because you're successful. Mm -hmm. What is it inside me that makes that attractive to me? Mm. right and then over a period of time what if I become more attra- uh, more successful than you would you still be attractive to me yeah. right yeah so these are the things that people really let go of when they are going after the first list that you mentioned or the second mm-hmm. or for example uh, some people would like to uh, intellectual stimulation is very important mm-hmm. for them intellectual attraction for some other people um, is financial attraction for some people social attraction for some people physical attraction so what we found that had the direct correlation with the outcome of a relationship was the physical attraction and the ways that people think their thinking styles mm. so these are the things that are important for us to pay attention to now mm. sexual chemistry help people to have that drive for one another and if it's nurtured if it turns into sexual harmony, it can last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Meaning yeah. that you keep learning about each other, right? Right. You keep getting to know yourself into me. I see what yeah. matters to me, what brings me pleasure. Blah, blah, blah. And then mm-hmm. which part of it I share with you into me, you see. Mm-hmm. And then we go there together. And then the also attraction evolves over yes. time. Right? Yeah, right. As it, as it should. I think. I mean, sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But I think we all, at least for me, would crave for it to evolve and to become more harmonious. Absolutely. And hence your yep. career, my dear. Yeah. You're all about growth <laughs> and sharing it with other people. Right? We're all about growing here, kids. Yeah, right. So attraction, that one's like, yeah, big one. Um, Respect. How do you keep each other's needs and priorities in mind? Yes. That's, yeah, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. It's a big one. A lot of couples who come to me and they fall, you know, fell apart. The first question I ask them is, do you still respect each other? Have you ever respected each other? Yeah. And they think to themselves, and many of them immediately say, yes, what do you mean? And then I say, are you respectable? Are you respectful? Do you deserve mm-hmm. respect? And those are the, the questions that, you know, when you see in this model, everything is reciprocal. Yeah. Everything needs to be owned by you first, projected to the world by you first, to be received and perceived by the other person. Right. right? So that's respect. Do you pay attention when I tell you I'm allergic to this thingy or you yeah. can buy it from me? <laughs> yeah. You know? So that's a simple <laughs> yeah. form to going off and sharing a secret about our couple them and walking all over our boundaries because respect and boundaries right. go hand in hand, right? Yeah. So there's a lot to be discussed in that little word, respect. 
Yeah, I know. And I, the first thing that popped my mind was honoring each other's values and needs. And it wasn't till maybe a few years ago that I finally realized I can actually speak my needs and my values mm. and that they mattered. So then that kind of makes a difference too, knowing that individually you can go, hi, I need this. And, and knowing that hopefully that your partner will honor that and go, oh, okay, of course. Absolutely. That's putting and, healthy boundaries lovingly yeah. and firmly. Many people yeah. are passive aggressive. They don't share yeah. anything. They expect the other person knows the boundaries and respect their boundaries. Well, they don't even respect their own boundaries. Right. Exactly. I know. I just put so, a thing on uh, social media yesterday about healthy boundaries. And that is, gosh, makes such a big difference in your life. Yes. And it that. needs to be put lovingly and yeah. firmly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With a smile on your face. Yes. Otherwise, <laughs> it's going to be uh, putting people away, putting walls around you, being defensive, being passive aggressive. It's not going to work. Exactly. Yeah. That's one thing I've learned is that you don't have to like throw a hissy fit to, to set mm -hmm. your boundaries. You just actually, I find it even more profound when you just state your boundary without even like really having to state it. You're just like, okay, this is what I like. This is what I want. This is what I don't want. You know, yeah. Because, you know, boundaries yeah. are in, in essence, invitations. Then yeah. you will know how to treat me, how to be around me. Don't be awkward and, you know, all, yep. you know, clumsy around me. You know what to yep. do. And I know yep. what to do around you. So mm. makes life so much easier. Makes it very clear. Yeah. Yeah. It cuts out all the BS too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have enough BS in the world. <laughs> And also wasting, also wasting your energy, yeah. right? So I buy I flowers, I do this and that. And then I, I feel like I'm respecting you by leaving you alone while you wanted yeah. me there, holding your yeah. hand. I mean, you know, what are we doing? Yep. Yeah. I love it. Um, trust. Do you know that you will show up for each other consistently? Yes. Consistency yeah. and reliability, two words that are inseparable, because yeah. a lot of people who fall into the, you know, fall through the cracks, um, when you frame it for them and say, actually, this is a breach of trust. And they look at me as if, no, this is not. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, so you showed up 90% of the time, but that one time that you were not reliable, yeah. that hurt. Yep. You know, that wound needs to be licked. Yes. So these, these are the things that, you know, people really don't pay attention to. And I'm not saying be perfect. We're humans. Right. We drop the ball. Right. But mm -hmm. at least learn the way to mend it. Don't leave ruptures all over your relationship. Right? Right. Exactly. So show up that for build, yourself. That builds and, and builds. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm, these are good questions. Um, compassion. Can you honor the other's emotional experience without making it about you? Mm -hmm. I think about that because, um, especially my audience being at midlife, we have parents that are getting older, might have parents passing away or getting sick or, or, you know, we have birdies leaving the nest. There's things that we're all going through and we all go through it differently. Mm -hmm. And, and to honor that with your partner of like, well, how we might grieve is going to be different how they grieve Oh yeah, and allowing them to just be let, allowing them to learn however they're going to learn through whatever that experience is. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And on that note, I want to touch on multiple roles that we play. You said it beautifully. Mm-hmm. That's why we are called sandwich generation, because mm-hmm. on one hand, we are taking care of the parents yeah. and those of us who really, truly care about our parents. And on the other side of it, we are raising children who also rely on us on different levels, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that, again, uh, an exercise that I can recommend for people on the Love by Design book uh, website is called Roles and Goals. Mm. At the beginning of every year, my all of my clients do that exercise. So you put down all the roles that you have, and then you divide the energy, attention, mm. mind space that they need, the resources that each of those need, and so that you have a very realistic point of view. And at the end of the year, when you look back, your goals with each role has been fulfilled without killing yourself mm. and in a very realistic manner. So I would love to hear what people think if they can give it a try. Yeah, we'll do that. I was telling you before we hit record that um, I was telling my boyfriend about your book and I was like, we should get two copies and read this together. Mm-hmm. And and then to, you know, whatever, a chapter at a time and then to discuss it. And and it'll be interesting to see how he feels about things, how I feel about things and how if, you know, if we're going to change our our mindset about it or whatever, it'll be I think that will it's great. Love by design, literally. Mm-hmm. It will actually I, I love to hear that. It warms my heart. Yeah. Here's my recommendation. If you can read the um, the section on check-ins and check-ups mm-hmm. so that you know how to bring the conversation forward, then you're going to do the chapter by chapter. I recommend that because I have a lot of exercises for mm. you guys, right? Okay. So you can actually go through it. And the good news is I offer you what I know based on research, my practice. But the hope is obviously we are human with such mm. a ray of experiences and wants and desires you take that and then you say hmm this really resonates with me how about you that creates shared language something Um, to react to and takes the embarrassment and the heaviness and everything out there dr sarah said that it's not my words yeah yeah (laughs) you know so it's like it helps it helps a lot and that's one of the reasons that our work like you know as people who work with couples it works Yes. Because I take all the blame and shame and, you know, all of it so the couple can live their lives. I'll just point the finger to you. Like, <laughs> Dr. Sarah said it, not me. I just resonate with it. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just create shared languages so that you yeah. know what you're talking about when you're talking about uh, important stuff in your lives. <laughs> so speaking of shared vision, where are you committed to going together? Mm-hmm. So commitment is a big part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what, too? I find that, I don't know, I feel like, uh, especially back then um, and how we viewed relationship, um, but like in your 20s, you're like looking for someone, you know, to marry and then have the kids. And sometimes you don't think about, wait, how are we actually going to live life together even beyond the kids when the birdies leave the nest? And I find like there are a lot of people after the birdies leave the nest and they're like, oh, this is... What are we doing now? Like there's no purpose or anything. There's no ikigai, if you will, like together, not a shared vision, a shared purpose. And how do you want to live life for the rest of the 50 years or 60 years? And that's different. That can cause some, some friction there, I would think. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And also there are different categories for shared vision, again, making it practical. So geographical context, where are you going to live? Are you going to explore the world? Are you going to go to a small town to live? Mm -hmm. So shared vision. And the other thing is um, physiological Mm -hmm. and taking care of your health. What is your plan for that? I have so many couples who fall apart because now that they have all the money, the children are Mm -hmm. all gone and um, they have all the resources, they're retired, all that, they can't walk. Yes. Yeah. Like... um, and it's very, they were hoping for that day to come. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I want to also say something about the ableism here. Mm-hmm. So we are talking about different language that we have in our societal context. Like, for example, I just said they can't walk. I just want to make sure that mm-hmm. listeners who are listening to us, they don't feel like, you know, left out because they couldn't right. or, you know, because of their condition. But what I'm talking about, the point I want to make is that if one of you is really taking care of themselves and one of you is killing killing themselves with the 80 hour uh, week, Mm -hmm. you know, just to put bread on the table, then really think about it. Really Mm -hmm. think about creating the balance for the two of you to be able to um, create a lifestyle that you can take care of yourselves, you know, physiologically. The other aspect is social. A lot of people dedicate their lives to their children, to, you know, whatnot. There is zero social capital for them. Mm-hmm. And please don't think that you're doing your children a favor because then they have to worry about you. Yes. So yes. these are the things for shared vision that there are certain categories that people really need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. I put something on social media the other day about, um, you know, one of the things I love about midlife, about 40s and 50s is that you're, you're old enough to know what worked and what didn't work, mm-hmm. hopefully. Mm-hmm. And then you're young enough to still do something about it. Yes. I mean, it's Love not that. like you're in your 80s or like, okay, then you're trying to catch up on your health. Like, it's like, this is such a prime time to make great changes mm-hmm. so that you can be in your 80s and walking the Camino de Santiago with your partner or, you know what I mean? Like there's no limitations in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, last but not least, loving behaviors. How do you show your partner they're special to you? Yeah. yeah. So when I was writing this book, the title was Love by Design. So people <laughs> ask me, why do you need a whole chapter on being loving and loving behavior? Being loving has a different quality. You make the other person feel special. They're not easily replaceable. They are your person. You're tender. You give them benefit of the doubt. You go out of your way in a way that you don't do for other people. So there are certain qualities that there were certain qualities that emerged out of our research that certain behavior that people said, I do this to show my love. I do this to show the other person I'm still attracted to you. I'm still in this. I still like you. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, in long term relationships, that's one of the first ones that go away. Mm. So that's yeah. why I wanted to highlight it, that, you know, their turn, tenderness with words, with touch, with nicknames that we give to each other, all that. Yes. Well, you know, love is a noun, but it's mainly a verb. And I think we all we all get caught up with the everyday routine and we forget to love, to show that love. And I know how much, like, I appreciate it. 
even if it's like the tiniest of things, and I'm sure everyone out there knows like the different love languages we all love differently. But then when you know that about your partner, like, oh, well, you know, whatever, he actually made me a cup of tea. Like that was, that's part of how he will love. Like it may not seem like a big deal, but then as a partner, it's like, oh, that was, that was like a little piece of love that he gave that made such a big impact in my day. Yes. And if yeah. I may build up on that, five yes. languages of love, very good model for many people yep. it work. And I want to kind of tone it up a little bit because yep. it's a little bit more than that to be loving with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like I ask my couples to give each other a touch on the face, for example, to show your love. And then one person is rubbing the other person's face or the other person kissing them on the forehead, or no, no. And then I ask them, how do you receive this type of love? Oh, comforting. Mm. That tender love is a little bit more than comfort. Yes. It's that special quality of it that Mm. matters a lot. Like Mm. the way that, you know, my father can fill up the gas tank on my car. Right. Right. But it's very important that, you know, when my partner does, what does it make, what is it that makes it different? Mm-hmm. Or for example, I have people who tell me, well, uh, his words don't mean anything to me because he calls our dog Sherry and then he calls me Sherry too. Sherry mm-hmm. means uh, deer in French, right? Oh. <laughs> so so it's, a, it's very interesting. Yes. That, like, uh, so the language that we use is very important. That, you know, yep. how, how, how am I seeing through your eyes? Because I want to see how you see me. Yes. And then reciprocate that. There's actually a principle in uh, in social psychology called reciprocal liking. Mm -hmm. If I know that you like me, I like you back. Mm. Right? So it keeps going. And in the couple, in a daily life of a couple, we interrupt each other. We are short with each other. Mm. We don't do pleasantries when we exchange texts or emails. It's just about the tasks. So where do we find that quality that I like you and you like me? Mm Mm-hmm that piece. I have found that, uh, this just popped in my mind that my love language has changed Mm -hmm. over the years as I've learned more about myself and that I don't like gift giving or random acts of kindness, all of that, which I still like, but my purpose behind it has changed. I used to think, because I was abandoned when I was a child, I used to think that I had to do all these things to earn love. So that's how I loved. Now I don't do that stuff as much anymore. Mm -hmm. Now that's changed to touch and and more um, meaningful, meaningful things of of of, and if if I were to give something like an actual like a gift, I'm not giving it because I think, oh, then I'll be loved. Yay. I'm giving it because I think that person needs that gift or that would really warm their heart Mm. so it's interesting though how so so you're connecting with something that is fulfilling to you beyond the role that you thought yeah to you so right a little nuanced difference also i want to frame that for people so that they remember it uh, maybe a little bit better so we many of us grew up with this motto with the golden rule that do to others the way that you want to be done to you. Yes. In relationships, if you want to succeed, you replace that with platinum rule. That is do to others the way they want to be done to. Mm -hmm. So if you combine these two, you will have a much better result, 
rather than yeah. just just you know going with your assumption because that's the default that we're born with we yeah. do to others the same way that um like i comfort you the same way that a comfort means to me mm-hmm. so it's important as a part of that's another thing that i would love to highlight here People talk about their relationships and then talk about the talk that they had about the relationship. And then I listen into the content. It's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's important that to put our efforts where it matters. Yeah. This has been so insightful. I'm so glad. Yeah. And there's somebody else had, there's a quote of about expand. Once you've expanded your mind, you can't, is that Einstein again? <laughs> like, but once your once your mind has been expanded, it can't go back. Like it's already once growth has occurred, it can't just like reverse. I yes, think when you remember that um, example from Rumi's book, I don't know if you came across the elephant. Oh. Um, the, uh, no, tell me. So the elephant in a dark room, and then you only can touch it from the angle that they give you permission to. Right? If you touch the tail. You say, hmm, this is this animal. If you touch the ear, it's something. Trunk, this is something. But what you're describing is when you see the elephant, even if you are giving the tail, you still can see the elephant. You see it. You feel it. It's a change of perspective. It's a change of way of being. The worldview, epistemology that we are trying to change and the discourses that we have around love so that we can change the way that we experience and express love. And it's yeah. going to really change the world. It's going to be um, very different. It's the same way that, you know, if I ask you, draw a carrot, you draw something orange. Yes. But if you go to the history, you will see that they are white or purple. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's, but nobody questions, where did this come from? Yeah. I want to invite people to think, who said that love should yeah. be this? The other thing is today we talked about, or my book is mostly about people who want to build a lifetime of love. I also want to salute people who would like to just experience hot dangling from chandelier, you know, (laughs) sex and love and, you know, whatever your thing is. I just want you to know that if you want to build a lifetime, it's possible. It's not doomed. Yes, I totally agree. This has been so good. How can we find you? Oh, thank you so much for having me, first of all. You're yeah. a delight. Um, so I'm on Instagram at dr. I mean, dr. Sara Nasserzadeh. And actually, I think it's easier for people just to Google me or go to um, lovebydesignbook.com. Mm-hmm. And then you can, they can be linked to my YouTube. I do YouTube lives. I do like the, you know, the Instagram posts. And if they join my newsletter, they will receive the resources on a continuum basis too. But there are places that they can subscribe. and Yeah. And I will definitely share my experience of reading your book on the show too. Uh, that'll be really cool, actually. I'm, I'm excited to dive more into it and to learn about myself and about relationships and expanding my mind even more. Lovely. I can't wait to yeah. hear what you thought. Oh, well, thank you so much. You're My awesome. pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right, everyone have a great day. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, 
share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.